When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, hockey is back. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Track and the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon. That's Matt and Alex. And you heard right. Hockey is back. Uh, by the time you'll be hearing this, it will be game day for your Carolina Hurricanes. Um, but at the time we're recording this, we uh, are actually getting ready to get started on night two of the NHL season. Uh, we did get it started last night with the Pittsburgh Penguins and Tampa Bay Lightning, as well as the inaugural game of the inaugural season of the Seattle Kraken franchise as they got screwed over in true welcome to the NHL fashion and loss of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, so we got a lot to talk about there, actually. We're going to, um, this isn't going to be too Kane centric. You know, we're kind of championing a bit to, get going here and uh but we talked about the canes a lot here i mean we're going to talk about them some of course but we we're going to look around the nhl a good bit uh talk about what you can expect from the metropolitan division this season and uh just got a whole lot of stuff to get into here don't worry about so that. before we jump into anything else we're going to take a second and get a quick word from DraftKings. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores one point. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> oh, love that. All right. So, first of all, I mean, why don't we just start right there, as a matter of fact. Um, did you guys watch the games last night? I know for me, I did watch the Vegas-Seattle game. I did not care to watch the Lightning any more than I already have. I feel like the past yeah, week of my hockey playing life has been the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. I just didn't care. Yeah, I'm sick of them, too. <laughs> yep uh seattle and you know I, I tweeted something about this last night actually and, and 
and maybe I haven't heard it that much like on Twitter or like from like hockey people I talk to a lot, but I feel like the media, especially, or like ESPN is like hyping them up. And I just don't get it. Yeah. Like, I you. like their defense isn't bad. Um, Grubauer, I, I don't love him as much as some people do, but okay, he's fine. And their forward core is terrible. <laughs> like that's just yeah. me. I think they're going to really struggle to score goals. I like Morgan Geeky, but to me, he's not really a second line player right now. I think he can have a very good season and grow into a fine player. But if you're relying on him for second line minutes, you're probably in some trouble. I don't know what you guys think, but that's just I, I thought he was really good last night. I mean, Absolutely. I didn't, I didn't watch much of the game. Uh, I was at the movie, so I only caught like the back end of the third period, maybe the last 10 minutes or so of the game, but I saw his highlight. I saw his highlight pass, uh, the nice saucer pass right over the defense that sent yours truly, you know, Hayden Flurry in alone. Too bad my boy couldn't pot that one, but uh, that's a shocker. (laughs) Beyond just the haters like yourself, Matt, that oh Hayden, Hayden Flurry and apology. I almost feel I, Oh, Hayden Flurry, an apology. Because even as the biggest Hayden Flurry truther known to man, even as his number one hype man, I didn't quite give Hayden Flurry the credit of being a first pairing defenseman. But here we are. And before one of you come at me and try and say, oh, it's just a state of the Seattle Kraken. Oh, it's a rebuilding team. I don't need to hear it. All right. He is on their what first pairing and he balled out last night. He balled out. Listen to the stats because I wrote them all down. Yeah, their so defense guys, isn't bad. It's probably really isn't bad. And, and the and goal is, is probably. Like, Listen to the stats. Yeah. 20 minutes played. Wonderful. Which, which you know, talk about deserved, but 20 minutes. 62% I hope, I hope. Corsi at five on five. Led the team. So he's now the, the Seattle Kraken's all-time leader in hits. <laughs> all-time leader. I mean, that just speaks for itself. On ice for zero goals against. I mean, talk about lockdown. Basically led the team. Oh, he, I think he was second to Adam Larson on uh, penalty killing ice time. So they trust him there too. And he had the best expected goals for percentage out of any defenseman on the team on the ice. Hayden Fleury, first pairing defenseman. Elite. I don't want to hear any debates here. I mean, he has arrived and we're seeing it. I hope nah, you realize I, I that this is, this is a bit right, Alex. <laughs> like, I'm not like, I hope nah, we brought this well. on ourselves by like <laughs> inviting this segment and like saying, no. oh, we need to talk about. Hey, it was, it was going to happen. Anyway. Know whether whether you guys gave me the floor or not, it was coming at some point. I mean, I mean I'm, ha- I'm happy for the guy. I, I am. Um, honestly, I didn't think Seattle would do all that well against Vegas, but I'm also not a super. I'm not a big believer in Vegas, if I'm being honest with you this year. Um, If anything, I've just seen the team take marginal steps forward and not really do anything. So, you know, I don't think they'll be able to reach the level of, you know, weirdness that was their first year in the league. And I hope Seattle does well. I really do. Obviously, that first game was kind of a, a joke with the very obvious kicking motion. Yeah. Like, what can you do about that, you know? But I'm happy overall with how Seattle looks. At least it's going to be entertaining hockey, right? That was my biggest concern with 
Seattle's roster is that it just wouldn't be fun because <laughs> the team, like, yes, they've got a good group of defensemen and they've got some decent goaltending, but my God, is that forward group uh, mediocre at best? Yeah, it's light. I mean, at least they, they do have um, Yanni Gord and Callie Yarncroc on the way, which, I mean, you know, it, it's it's not really a total game changer, but that's probably two of their top nine forwards that they were without last night. Six, <laughs> probably so, top I mean, six. Yeah. yeah, maybe even top six. So you, you can see a little um, room for improvement. But, I mean, yeah, that that forward group is light. Um be nice to see what uh, Barboulet can do when he gets yeah. a shot there because, I mean, I'm surprised Detroit didn't take him. I, I, I like. I almost want to wonder if there's some kind of reason that Eisenman wouldn't pounce on that. Uh, you know, knowing he was just, like Barboule was this guy from from Tampa Bay, and I think they had the waiver priority. So I, I, I'm a little curious as to why he passed. What maybe the red flag was, but I mean, he's. I think he's only 23, and you, you know, you've seen his track record. So if there's a place for him to go and get a shot at some ice time and see if this kid's a player or not, I think that's a good spot for him. Yeah, I actually kind of called that pickup and I said, I think Seattle really needs to put a wave on. I looked through all those uh, or the waiver list. Some, I can't remember exactly who it was that tweeted it out. And that's what I said was Barry Boulay is the guy that I would be circling if I was a rebuilding team or a building team like a Seattle Kraken. Yeah, I mean, with Barry Boulay, I mean, it, it seems like this is a guy that has torn up the AHL, but more than likely that's it he signed under Iserman in Tampa right right? played there for a year had 68 points in 74 games and you know you've also got to think that Tampa has or I'm I'm sure Iserman scouts Tampa all the time and seeing Barbelay in 15 games last year probably just you know, told Detroit maybe they should pass up and let guys like Lucas Raymond take a step. I'm all for that. I think that's the way to go instead of, you know, replacing one of your young prospects with a waiver claim that probably won't work out. Just let Lucas Raymond take over, right? He's ready. Yeah, I mean, uh, so what you're saying is that Barboulet is basically the new Ron Francis version of maybe a Ty Ratty or a Martin Furk. Is that, is that your projection? Yeah. I mean, waiver claims in general usually don't work out, right? You usually see the team put them on waivers again, have their old team pick them up and then, you know, send them down to the minors. That's usually what happens. And we saw that, 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 that is Andre Nestrosil erasure right there. I don't know if I can let you get away Well, the with Canes that. were that bad. <laughs> um, and, I mean, he's not in the NHL now, you know, so. But, like, kid, with. Though. Yeah, a good guy. Wish, you know, things worked differently for him and that Canes treated him better. But, you know, can't change anything about that. But um, waiver claims usually just don't work out. And so this is probably one of those things where Seattle's just like, you know what? Worst thing that happens is we just basically give him back to Tampa for free. We get a couple NHL games out of him and, you know, we'll see what happens. Right. I, but, I agree with what Brandon said too. I mean, worst case you bring this kid in, you're, you're a group that's already very light at forward and, you know, he, he's produced a, a lot in the AHL over the past, what I'd say two or three years. Um, and, you know, he's trying to break into a championship caliber roster there in Tampa Bay. I mean, it's it's tough to to win your way into that group, especially as games get tighter. 
No, sure. And Tampa so, had their losses this offseason, but it's still a stack forward. Court. Yeah, it's, you know, it's you could very do worse. Stacked. You could do worse than taking a kid from there that's having trouble breaking through and just seeing what he's got. Especially when you're a team like Seattle, when you have so little answers up front right now, where you get a guy like this for free, maybe you turn him into a player. Maybe, like Matt said, maybe he busts and he just can't figure it out. But I mean, it, it's definitely a no brainer to bring him in, give him a look with your group, and, you know, maybe develop some chemistry with somebody. Yeah, right. So. I, I think that Seattle is going to be an interesting team to watch this year just because we know that like even the if they're close to the playoffs, they're going to sell or they're going to sit on their hands. <laughs> they like their group, man. Uh, well. They're going to be men, but watch out for them in 2037. <laughs> when Matty Veneers finally cracks the roster. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. All right, the ripe let's... old age of... 34. <laughs> I don't know how old. There is one be. player I did kind of want to circle back to from Vegas a little bit. And that's actually, and I, I tweeted about him last night and that's Nolan Patrick. Um, and this, you know, kind of a very underrated pickup. So they, tr- they ship out Cody glass um, who another guy to look out for in Nashville this year, maybe to add some scoring kick. We'll see. Cody glass was a kid coming out of his draft class that I thought was going to be a star in the league. May have missed it on that one, but he's still young. Anyway, um, I'm I really want to see Nolan Patrick succeed just because he's a kid that's been through so much. You know, he was a number two overall pick, and you know, was getting compared to Jonathan Taves and all these people. And he just he, the concussions have really been what's been a problem for him. But I think in that bottom six, they got some talent down there, and I think that kid might actually put together you know twenty goal, forty point season or something like that. And that's where I was, you know, this is kind of going back to what you were saying earlier, Matt, about you not really being as high on Vegas as some people. I think they're kind of scary, which, I mean, that's not really that much different from the last few years. But at some point, I feel like they're going to break through. I, I do wonder if without Marc-Andre Fleury, they're going to take a step back in net. We'll see. You know, Leonard's been in the league goalie in the past, to be fair. But we'll see how he does now that the crease is kind of his again. Yeah, and I think another big loss for them that a lot of people aren't really considering is Alex Tuck. I'm pretty sure he's yeah. out a majority of the season um, after undergoing surgery. So he's one of my favorites in the league to watch. And, you know, he's just – he's such a dynamic presence out there that what we without him – Julian Gauthier would be. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like that that would be my ideal comparable for what I thought Julian Gauthier would develop into, even a Grayanov type. But just – they don't have a body who can replace that guy – um, you know, bring what he brings as a power hey, hey. forward. Yeah, or maybe maybe Nick Waugh, if, if he can get back into the lineup. I think he's hurt too. But He, uh, he is hurt. But you know what? Tuck being injured leaves room for Peyton Krebs. Yeah. yeah. And I that's, think he looked fair. excellent yeah, last night. Um, I just think there. that with – with Vegas, they just they had some weird moves this offseason. And again, they really didn't improve their roster at all. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I'm shocked, right? You know. Um, except with with Vegas now, since they have so many expensive contracts, they can't afford to do anything, right? Like they've got Riley yeah. Smith at so they have two players on their roster making over $8 million. And then they've got seven, five, you know, they've, it's so top heavy. They got heavy. Dadnoff too, actually. That's, yeah. 
that could be a decent pickup. That could be a sneaky good pickup. Ottawa used him horribly, man. I'm just telling you, they Um, used him horribly. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, yeah, they had no (laughs) idea how to deploy him. So I think he could be a legitimate, like, bounce-back candidate, especially with all the skill in the top six there. And, like, you mentioned Krebs, too. And and I think Dorofeyev made their team as well. Yeah, he was so in the lineup last night, wasn't he's he? He's one to watch out for, but, I mean, yeah, he's I'm not sure he's there yet. I think they already sent him down. Did they? No. Um, he was dressed last um, night. Yeah, they, they. I think what they're doing is, you remember uh, two years ago when they would, like, basically yo-yo wah between the ahl and nhl is like a cap thing yeah, yeah. i think that's what uh dorafeyev's job is to do this year Probably. is to just kind of be the the yo-yo from the nhl to the ahl right but i mean you know if there's one thing we can count on it's that vegas is going to be good right and Especially in that division the- Right. And that's the thing is they're, they're already pretty much penciled into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any scenario where they don't come out of that. I mean, even if they struggle by their standards this year, who the hell is going to go in over them? I'm yeah. (laughs) I'm honestly shocked at, as to how bad the Pacific is going to be this year. Yeah. Very. Anyway, let's move on a little bit. I know we don't have a ton of time here, so um, we're going to – let's jump into – you know, we do want to touch, touch on the Canes a little bit because, you know, last time we talked, we didn't know what the exact roster is. Now we do. Um, and then we'll also jump into a little bit just around the Metropolitan Division now that the Hurricanes are back with their old divisional rivals. Um, <laughs> you know, I was, I was kind of thinking about this earlier. It's I don't – I almost don't know. We were like – thanking our lucky stars almost last year. Cause we were like, yeah, Tampa's in the, in the central, but like, otherwise this is kind of similar to the Vegas this year. Like this is kind of a cakewalk for the Canes. Like there's nobody in this division that really scares me, but now we're back in the Metro, which used to be like this murderer's row. And now I feel like it's just like, yeah, it's, okay. definitely, it's definitely thinned out. Yeah. I, I feel like it really has. So let's talk pecking order. Do you see the hurricanes winning the division this year? And who are your playoff teams from the Metropolitan Division? I'm, I'm going to say yes. Um, I, I don't think anybody is going to be able to keep the regular season crown off them, especially not with, you know, the question marks surrounding most of the teams in the division. I mean, the Hurricanes, for the most part, seem to be in a really good place. Um, you know, they lose Dougie Hamilton, which is obviously – it's going to be a growing pain trying to replace his production from the back end, especially with TDA. You know, he is a step back as far as defensively goes. And we're not sure if Ethan Bear is quite ready to, to jump into that role. And, you know, as far as expecting anybody to replicate Dougie's production, I mean, you can probably take that right off the table. It's just, it's not going to happen. But for the rest of the, for the rest of the roster, I think, you know, they're, they're in a pretty good spot. We've, we've, We've touched on how they've improved the defense. We've touched on, you know, Kotkin Yemi coming in and, and and adding another component to the top six or the top nine forward group, wherever he's going to slot in throughout the season. And now we've got Seth Jarvis in the mix, at least for now. He's not he's not going to play tomorrow night, but he he's here and we might see him at some point. He's probably going to go back to junior, but they, they have a lot of options and we've seen how much depth they've added throughout the organization where, you know, I think this is, might be the deepest from top to bottom throughout the organization, through the AHL that, 
this team just has all kinds of options and it's, it's a long season, man, 82 games. You need to have good depth pieces. And I think they have better depth pieces this year than they've probably ever had in the past. So they're well-prepared for the long grind. And then you look around the Metro division where I don't know if you guys seen the pens roster, but my God, is it ever bad? And, you know, Washington is aging and are the Rangers there yet? I don't really know. We, we never know about Philadelphia and I mean, the Islanders, I mean, they've been playing good for the last few years, but they always kind of seem like a team that's destined to take a step back. So I think as far as where the hurricanes are at today, I'm not sure there's a real competitor for their top spot. I'm going to be honest. I hope I'm not being a little too cocky, but I think they should easily claim this division. Yeah. I mean, there's, like you were saying, there's definitely going to be an adjustment period as they move on without Dougie Hamilton. Um, the depth is definitely a huge strength, uh, again, to your point. Because, um, I mean, it was kind of like what Eric Tulsi said last week. It's like if they lost three guys right now, they could step – how many guys could step in? You know, Jack Drury, Jameson Reese, Stephen Nason was very good, Josh Lavo. Like, these guys are all NHL players to me. Yeah, and on the defensive side too with all the bodies you have. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's, there's depth all over the place. Um, and, but like you said, you know, maybe there are some early season struggles to put the puck in the net, you know, having that dynamic presence on the back end just makes everything so much easier. If for no other reason than the gravitational pull they have, it's like every time Dougie Hamilton was on the ice, like you had to be cognizant of him or, cause if you let him get any space, he's going to blast one. And that opens things up for everybody else. So, you know, the power play might have some struggles early. They might you know, have some ruts in the goal scoring department, but I'm right there with you. Like I, there's, I look around the Metro and again, maybe it's me being too optimistic or something, but I don't see any reason the Hurricanes should be taking home a Metropolitan Division uh, championship this year. Yeah. I I think if, um, if the Hurricanes don't win the division this year, it's going to be kind of a 2.0 Florida Panthers situation from last year where a team that just nobody was expecting to really be that good just kind of comes out. Uh, from out of nowhere, kind of puts it all together. You know, maybe like the Flyers. Is this their year? I don't know. But I I think it's going to take a team that doesn't have a lot of expectation and just everything goes right for them. They rally together. And it it would, I think it would take that kind of a performance for the Hurricanes to not, to not win the division. But I mean, as far as playoffs go, it's, uh, it's nice to be in a position now where we're not just hoping to make the playoffs. It's just, you know, we're, we're hoping for a championship now. Absolutely. The Metro this year, I feel like it's one of those things where, you know, the Canes always play those games like the trap games, right? You know, the games against Detroit that they never win. Yeah. That's what this season feels like to me. A trap season. It's like this is finally the year that the Metro isn't like a death trap. And yet it's going to be the hardest year to play in the Metro because... (laughs) So the Islanders are the only team that like scares me because they're a really good regular season team, right? You know, as as far as, you know, standings goes, the Canes will, you know, do well against the Islanders. But it's one of those things where there are still some teams in the Metro that could be good. And there are some teams with enough talent to surprise, like New York, like... um, New Jersey. So the Canes, yes, they're a deeper team and they're probably poised to be one of the top teams in the Metro in a 
a bit of a down year for the Metro, but even if they are a playoff team, that's really not like the regular season isn't what we should be talking about. Right. You know, at this point we need to be talking about how the team's going to be doing in playoffs, at least to me. Yeah. I'm with like, you. it seems like the playoffs are, I mean, they're obviously never a guarantee, but with this team, it seems like they're good enough to not only make the playoffs, but be a top team in the division. And that's going to mean that we have to, focus on the playoffs and think how good is this team going to be in the playoffs? Is this going to be another team that gets bounced in the second round or are they going to make it to the Stanley cup final, you know? Right. Well, I mean, and there's so much we have yet to learn about these guys and right. Iteration of the hurricanes is, you know, Martin Natchez could take another step and be a point per game player. Would it, would that be that surprising? I don't think so. I mean, maybe a little, but not. it's not outside the realm of possibility. Seth Jarvis could, despite the fact that he's not even in the lineup on opening night, he could, you know, hang out for a few days, practice with the guys, learn a few things, and score a hat trick in his first game and take off and win the Calder Trophy this year. You know, there's so many things that could happen. We don't know. Um, a midseason trade. Like, that's a long ways off. But I think – as you know, as far as opening night goes, like the Hurricanes are in as good a position as anybody throughout the entire league, not just the Metropolitan Division. Yeah, the good news too is that um, Vincent Trocheck is—I think he's slated to be in the lineup tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, he just—he would have been a massive loss. I Huge mean, loss. as far as anyone that you kind of would have put in a spot for me, I think I would have shifted Kotkin Yemi to the middle. Um, obviously, you had options, but. You know, I'm glad we don't have to kind of go down that route where we're wondering, you know, who who's going to replace Vincent Trocheck? Because the real answer is nobody. I mean, he's he's essential to this team's success this year. I think as far as, you know, even if we don't expect him to really replicate how effective and how productive he was last year, um, he's just so great for matchups. Um, you know, he he's a great weapon on the power play. He's a leader by example out there. And, you know, he's he's a guy that you just don't have anybody in your roster that can not only match what he brings, but also step into that role and you'd feel, you know, as comfortable, um, even as depth down your lineup goes. Because if you would have moved Jordan Stahl into the second line center role, all of a sudden, you know, he's overslotted again and you got problems with depth. So I'm, I'm very relieved um, that, that Trocek is healthy and good to go. And I think that uh, he's going to be a big, big component of the group this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope he's a hundred percent because, and we talked about this a lot last year, like so much of what made the hurricane successful was their center depth was like pretty much one of the best in the entire league, you know, having a one through three punch of Sebastian, Ajo, Vincent Trocek and Jordan Stahl, you can pretty much roll those guys against anybody. And they, I mean, it's just one of the best center depth charts in the I mean, league. Not there's there's not a lot of teams that can match up with that. Exactly. You know I mean? Like it's, it's very, very hard to match up with Jordan Stahl is finally slotted into the role he's supposed to be in. And we saw what kind of year he had. So hopefully he can recreate that. Um, yeah. There's just a lot of like, like you guys were saying, the center depth is just ridiculous with this team. Right. And throw in the fact that you've got guys like Natchez and Kakaniemi on the wing when both of them can play center, right? Um Biden too, even, which he's a lot better. Yeah. But he was a center, so. Yeah. And he fits. I mean, you know, it works. It works. Yeah. I think I think that I think that's not a reach. Um, I'm just really 
with Jarvis, I did want to kind of talk about this. Yeah. So Brandon, I, I know that you and I already kind of talked about this, right? Um, I don't hate the fact that Jarvis is just getting extra practicing time with the team. Like why give him the first game here against a tough opponent when you could give him some more practice time, keep him on the roster longer, and then, you know, get him a little more ready for the pace and everything and see where you're at from there, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, I, I made this point earlier too. I was like, what the hell are you going to keep him up just to put him on the bench? And then you made that point to me. And I was like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. Like you, you're keeping him here longer. And obviously when he doesn't play, it doesn't count against your nine game trial before you have to make the decision on whether or not. To yeah, him back exactly. Um, I mean, obviously you don't want to do that all season. And all of a sudden he's, you know, only played half the games like last year where he's missing a ton of games and therefore potential development. But I think early in the season, and especially again, against a team like New York where they're a physical grinded out team that is tough to generate much against. Um, I, you know, I think that's a good idea is to let him watch, let him see what a team like the Islanders does firsthand and then uh, move forward from there and give him a chance, hopefully in the top nine against uh, maybe somebody that, maybe won't suffocate him quite so much put it that way (laughs) yeah i i i don't hate the fact that the canes are icing their actual lineup in game one i think you need to give the team an idea of what's like what the season's gonna look like right that's just my opinion at least still mad they sent my boy reese back but you know yeah, I mean, I'm not terribly surprised, unfortunately. No, I'm, not I'm just kidding. Really. Well, he's he's hurt, so Is but he? I know that. Yeah, he's on the season opening, like not injured. That's list. right. How yeah, much Drury, Drury went back? How much sleep? I've been yeah, Drury went back, and Drury doesn't surprise me either. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah. We just know where at center. Like, where's where's he gonna play? Yeah, well, that that's my issue. Is that I, I really just don't know where Drury would have fit in this year. And I also, I thought he wasn't as ready as I would have liked him to be. And, you know, the Canes of five years ago would have put him in the NHL, but this is three straight playoff appearances, Canes looking for a Stanley Cup. It's very different. Yeah, that's something uh, I said in my piece on Sunday. So then I'm on piece on Sunday. I was just kind of like, you know, there was a time when like all these guys would have made the roster or some of the AHO guys that aren't even equipped to handle these roles. And instead, now you've got guys that potentially are ready for the NHL or at least close. And they're like, no, we, we can be patient with these guys. And, and, and Matt, this is something you said, I think, last week or the week before. There's nothing wrong with overripening a prospect a little bit. You know? CJ Smith would have been a line mate of Eric Stahl. <laughs> You're probably yeah, the new, right. the without new age, a doubt. The new age Pat Dwyer. You know yes, what I mean? Like, <laughs> Damn. Like back, you know, I'm I'm looking at, you know, 2013 Carolina Hurricanes. CJ Smith undoubtedly would have been on a line with Eric Stahl at least for 10 games. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think we can say, you know, that these guys, while they are, you know going to be call-up options it's nice to have those call-up options sent down right it's nice to have a roster where we don't have to get excited about which you know ahl veteran is going to come play a few games and then you know do nothing well i mean how many times did we all 
hype up that, you know, this is finally the year that Zach Boychuk breaks <laughs> out or you know, something I'm along those still lines. Still waiting on Chris Terry to become Grayson a Bowman goal scorer. Still, still waiting for Ryan Murphy to become the number one talent in the 2011 draft like Don Cherry so wisely stated back in the day. I mean, it, it's just it, what like what a turn of events to where we are now. And, you know, looking back, in jest, it almost makes you miss those times, right? I mean, now that, now that they're gone, it, it almost makes you miss it. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad that um, I'm not sitting here factoring Phil DiGiuseppe scoring 20 goals into Ugh. my hope of the Hurricanes being successful this year. Right. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping that Jarvis does well. Like, you know, going back to the youth movement, I'm hoping he does well, but I am setting zero expectations for that because there's no point in setting any expectations right now. Yeah. I can't. I, I just, I, I, I cannot. I, I really don't know what to expect from him this year. In all likelihood, he's probably not going to have a fantastic um, nine games, I guess, if that's what he gets. Just because it's hard to play in this league, and he does have a few issues that need to be ironed out. So, yeah, and you know, one more year, he'll get this experience here. You know, he'll see where he needs to improve on. I heard, I guess it was Ian Cole, or I think it was Ian Cole, was talking about just you know the kid's mindset and the kind of personality he has. And you know, Cole's been around this league a long time; like he knows what kind of guys. Oh yeah, he wants to win and improve. And he was talking about how Jarvis has that mentality of just like, he just kind of gets it, you know, and he knows how to compartmentalize what he needs to be a better hockey player in order to succeed at certain levels. You know what I mean? I'm, not, I'm probably mm-hmm. not articulating this very well, but, um, you know, that's what Jarvis is going to get from this little brief stint here, no matter how many games it is or how many days it is. And he can take that back to Portland with him. Portland's a great program. Um, yeah. They're going to be one of the best teams in probably all the CHL this year. They have a chance to go to the Memorial Cup, I think. And, um, you know, next year, come training camp, guys like him, Reese, Drury, they're all going to be making a real push for this roster. Yeah, I, I agree with you on Jarvis. I think that any pro experience is a good experience. You know, especially at his age, it's like he just has to learn how to be a pro, how to be an everyday player. And I actually, I agree with Matt here. I do think that, you know, sitting and watching from the press box so he can see how plays develop, so he can see the speed of the game um, from from a different perspective uh, as opposed to being on the bench or on the ice. You know, you sit and watch and you might, you might find some things that you don't always see when you're out there. Um, so, yeah, I actually do think that it, it can definitely help him in the short term. And going back, like you said, going back to Portland, he takes what he learns here. And obviously the Hurricanes are going to give him some tips and, and and help his development along the way as to what they want him to focus on improving. And he's going to go back there and be an all-situations player. And like you said, on a very deep team, um, it'll be nice for him to have some success there. And I just think at this point where you, this team isn't forced to rush players anymore, as we've stated it's just, it, it's a perfect scenario where you don't have to 
overburden this kid. You don't have to worry about risking his confidence if he hits a wall like Lindholm did uh, during the 2013 season when they rushed him in or, you know, even kind of similar to Natchez two years ago or three years ago now when when he first broke in and they sent him back. And I, th- I think it's I think it's a perfect situation for Jarvis to go back to Portland, um, continue to grow there. And like you said, next year, it looks like they might have a couple holes in their lineups. If, you know, if guys like Nino Niederreiter aren't going to be re-signed, you got some big holes to fill. And I think Niederreiter, you know, check. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, a year from now um, with where Seth Jarvis should be in his development, um, you can definitely count on him next year. Well, folks, we wanted to keep it short this week because, you know, we want to get this out before it's outdated. You know, we've got a game tomorrow and uh, it's going to be exciting. The first game of the season. We're excited to see everybody there. And just remember, if the Canes lose game one, season's a wash, sell the franchise, move them to Houston. You know the deal. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now, all all jokes aside, um, it's going to be a very interesting season for a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of change. I'm excited to see how that all plays out. As always, it's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan.